0: yo yo check this out yeah check this out wake up wake up wake me up With 92.9 jb and jack for breakfast 92.9 i just love the good energy that comes from my radio where to i come awesome to listen to yeah they're
1: good love it Ten
0: words.
1: let's go, go 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 g'day jb here what a massive show we have this morning we had a chat about these strange things you've hit while driving also we had the Tamworth mayor Cole Murray in for a bit of a chat about what's going on around the region. And plus another installment of Don't Trust Snakes. All of that and more coming up in this edition of the JB and Jack for Breakfast podcast. <laughs> Snake 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 Damn! We love our Queensland snake stories and this is an absolute doozy to possibly be our very last Don't Trust Snakes for the all-important 2018-2019 snake season. It's been a busy one. A Queensland nurse has been bitten by a deadly red belly black snake after he spotted it slithering through an aged care home. You just leave them to the experts you know don't be a hero staff at the noosa facility saw the venomous reptile slithering its way down the corridor early on wednesday morning last week when the nurse aged in his 40s broke protocol and tried to handle the situation himself noosa snake catcher luke huntley said that normally this facility just calls me to handle these situations, but one of their staff had taken it upon itself to be a bit of a hero. Some men feel really emasculated when they have to call me in and I'm half their age. Steady on, Luke. Less about you, more about the snake, mate. He didn't even know what it was. It could have been really bad. Well, I don't know about that, Luke. I mean, I'm no snake expert. I mean, I would to ask Anthony to course up before to see whether snakes, domesticated snakes hibernate or not, but I like to think that if it's a black top snake with a red belly on it, it's a red belly black snake. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Luke continues by saying people underestimate just how bad one of their bites can be. They are one of the most painful going around. He said bite victims can lose their sense of taste and smell for years before it comes back. No offence to, you know, nursing staff out there, but if you lost your sense of taste and smell, it wouldn't be too bad, would it? That's probably a good thing, yeah. Be a good thing. He'd He'd be 2019 Nurse of the Year at this Noosa facility, I'm sure. Fortunately, though, for the nurse, he was in good hands and was rushed to hospital immediately after he was bitten. His colleagues, in the meantime, managed to throw a large bucket over the snake and wait for Mr Huntley, the snake catcher, to arrive. People have died because of this, so leave it to the professionals and everyone wins. Even if it might not kill you, it's going to rock you pretty hard. The whole situation could have been avoided if you'd done the safe and right thing and the snake was later collected and relocated in what Mr Huntley described as a pretty routine catch for the day. And I believe the nurse is still in hospital just eating all that hospital food, just going to town on it. And all the other nurses are wondering, why is he eating so much? But, hey, he's completely lost his taste.
2: So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. <laughs> On 92.9. We're going to get
1: around to possibly our very last Don't Trust Snakes for the 2018-2019 snake season. But we are just wondering before, we were curious as to whether domesticated snakes, pet snakes... Actually, hibernate was a question posed by Jack that I uh, didn't know the answer for, and even I Googled it. For starters, I had to actually remember how to spell hibernate. I struggled with that a bit, I have to admit. Not something I have to type out too often or write very often. But right, you're fine if you use
0: Google. I use Google for spell check when spell check doesn't know what I'm on about. <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, and I couldn't find the answer, but good old Anthony gave us a call before on 676 2299. On you, Anthony. Thank you very much. He said that uh, uh, domesticated snakes don't hibernate because of the obviously enclosure that you keep them in, yep. like, the heat lamps are enough to obviously keep them awake all year round, but he did say that they do slow down somewhat during winter. Now, I don't think snakes are all that quick. The ones I've seen are being pretty slow anyway, so I'd love to see them during a hibernation phase. They'd be even slower than they already are. It's like a turtle on hibernation.
0: It has got. A, it begs the question, though. Couldn't you just turn the heat lamps off and just save yourself paying snake food for six months?
1: I should have asked Anthony that. Electricity
0: and, but, and food, that you're saving both by just one switch.
1: Probably be animal cruelty making a domesticated snake hibernate. It's probably not used to it and probably won't wake up again rendering your domesticated carpet python dead, Jack.
0: Well, then i will be not solving, solving one issue for that pet owner at a time. <laughs> so wake me up.
2: This is JB and Jack for Breakfast. <laughs>
1: on 92.9. The strangest thing you've ever crashed into while driving, 6762299, or on our Facebook page, Amy... Uh, she said she tries to avoid running things over. Well, I think all of us do, Amy. But uh, her littler sister who just got her licence ran over something off the back of a truck and put a f- hole in her fuel tank. Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, Teresa, she crashed into a horse and a buggy while driving. Hope the horse and to a lesser extent, hopefully the buggy's okay. I remember just literally we bought a new car, our first and only new car we've ever purchased on, uh, on a Wednesday And then that Saturday We thought we'd take it for a bit of a drive This is when I was living up in central Queensland So we drove from Rockhampton Out to the l- More nicer part of Rockhampton Yappoon which is a beachside suburb About 40 minutes to the coast Cruising out there Never in the hundred times I'd done that drive Never crashed into anything Brand new car First drive out to Yappoon Yapoon. Yapoon hit a wallaby, Wooshka. It wasn't a huge wallaby. I mean, that's why I said wallaby and not a kangaroo because yeah. it was only probably the height of the, the bonnet and yeah. this was a brand new Hyundai Get, so it wasn't exactly a massive car. Yeah. Um, so we pinged it. We've pulled over at the service station and not even a mark, not even a scratch on this car Like you wouldn't have even noticed anything. It was all good. I have no idea how it happened. And then this car like must have had some kind of force field around it because then about two years later, we moved to Coffs Harbour. We just moved. We'd driven like 18 hours down the highway to Coffs. Me and my partner were completely fatigued over it hating life, everything that could go wrong with the move, like always. If you've moved house and you've moved interstate, you know how horrendously stressful that time period is. We've moved to Coffs after everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. We'd pulled into this shopping centre car park to, uh, to, to get dinner, and the shop was shut. It was 9.30 or so and everything was closed. We were reversing our car out to uh, leave the shopping centre car park, and then another cool. bang Crashed into another Hyundai Gets that was parked behind us that we didn't see. It was like a it was nighttime, but it was a black Hyundai Gets. Did not even see it. To make matters worse, as we've hopped out of the car to inspect it, we've heard over the other side of the shopping center car park. Hey mate, you all right there? Trolley Bloke comes running over in his hive is. It was trolley bloke's car. And we've gone, fantastic, great. We've just banged the guy's car. He's seen us. This is all gonna get messy. Both our cars not even a scratch, not even a ding, not even a dent, both of them. It was literally trolley bloke was like, mate, you should buy a lotto ticket for that. And I was like, well, you should too because it's your car that's come off pretty all right too. He didn't get it. I think he's still working out that joke now. So really when
0: you put it to the callers and um, people on Facebook, what's the weirdest thing they've hit? You've hit everything, JB, pretty much by the sounds of it.
1: Uh, well, another car in a <laughs> rue yeah.
0: yeah, a Good good start. Yeah. Um, uh, what about a six hundred mil bottle of creaming soda, <laughs> <laughs> radio? No, I haven't. Phil's messaged in. <laughs> it was. Dro- I, I shouldn't laugh. Um, no. It's quite random. The creaming soda, but somebody has thrown a full bottle of creaming soda. It's bounced off the road. <laughs> He's going a hundred kilometres an hour, and it's actually shattered his windscreen. Um, so it's it's not a it's not a pleasant story and. Um, Sorry to be laughing at that, Phil, but. Sorry, Phil. I'm starting to question what is the weirder one now? We've got a kite <laughs> and we've got a bowl of creaming soda. Wow. Can, can you beat that? Is there anyone out there who can beat creaming soda or must kite? Must have
1: been because you can get a lot of very dodgy creaming sodas out there. That's one of those flavors that are extremely hit or miss. They're either incredibly tasty and amazing yeah. or just god-awful. That must have been one of those god-awful ones. The guys had a sip of it going, that tastes like bum, <laughs> and just thrown it out of the car. And unfortunately, Phil's taken the brunt of the, the guy's poor creaming soda choice. Uh, the strangest things you've hit, kite... And also a bottle of creaming soda, I think, take the lead at this stage.
0: Uh, Followed closely by the Trolley Boys car.
2: This is JB and Jack for breakfast.
1: (laughs) On 92.9. We were chatting about the strangest thing you've ever hit with your car. We've had a creaming soda bottle from Phil... That someone pegged out of the car, obviously wasn't a fan of the flavor of it. Must have been one of those dodgy red creaming sodas, I reckon. So he's thrown it out and it's hit the windscreen and, and shattered that. Uh, we've hit a trolley boy's car. We've had a steer and a kite. So some very odd ones. Clint, how are you, mate? Not too bad, how are you? Yeah, really well. You hit something very odd with your car.
2: Yeah, there was a deodorant can on the road and I ran over it and then obviously it cracked open and exploded.
1: Oh, yeah. ouch. Did, wow. Did it, did it do
0: any damage?
2: No, it didn't do any damage. Then obviously the tire didn't at all, but yeah, no no damage. Didn't even pop the tire. Wow.
0: Yeah, lucky. It would have scared you
1: though. Cause yeah. It would have been a yeah. pretty big bang.
2: It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: would have. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And that happened here? Uh, It was down on the central coast. Okay, down on the central coast. Well, it happened within New South Wales, so I'm sure once the deodorant can exploded, your car would have been fine, but I'm sure the road would have had the most ginormous pothole in it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty dodgy, the road. Dodgy maintenance. Uh, Thank you very much for your call, Clint. Thank you. Strangest thing you've ever hit with your car.
0: Good, good reminder from Clint. Have a, a couple of mates who've had their aerosol cans blow up in their car during summer. Yeah, so, good yeah. reminder not to have them. We've just got a beauty come in from Nikki JB. <laughs> yeah. On Facebook. I hit a deer. It was right ne- uh, near Christmas, and the kids were in the car. They were convinced she'd hit
1: Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they would have been traumatized for life.
2: <laughs> so, wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast
1: on 92.9. But Cole Murray joins us for Mayor Monday this morning. How are you, Cole? Yeah,
2: great, thanks, JB, and good morning, Jack. Good morning. Now,
1: first things first,
0: we've been talking about strange things you've hit uh, in your car, and you've actually got um, two, you've ticked off a couple of things on the coat of arms, I believe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, almost, uh, Jack. I, I did. Uh, was unfortunate enough to hit a wombat once when I was a young fella, that was quite a while back, uh, in an old EH ute, mind you, uh, back in my younger days, but I was only going very steadily on a dirt road, and, and also up um, near Hungerford on the Queensland border, uh, had an emu run into the side of my Ooh. caravan. So that was uh, that Ouch. was a bit interesting.
0: <laughs> so did you see? Did you see the emu like coming, or did it come quite late? If it's ran into you, just didn't care about the car, just kept running.
2: Um, no, look, I was driving on a on a dirt road. It was a pretty ordinary sort of a dirt road too, and um, the emu came in at a sort of a tangent, about thirty degrees. And he just didn't even slow down. <laughs> he didn't deviate. He just kept running, and, uh, and you know, like the car had gone past him, uh, but he hit the side of the around the wheel arch of the caravan. Didn't do much damage. Just dinted a little bit, and. Uh, Knocked the poor old emu down and he hopped up and ran away.
1: Oh, he ran off? Yeah. Wow.
0: He was probably thinking to himself, bloody caravan driver.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess he blamed the
1: driver. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, you guys had a discussion uh, last week about uh, putting solar panels possibly... On the top of uh, Ray Walsh House, there, on top of the council building in Pill Street, uh, tell us about that.
2: Yes, uh, JB, that was part or well, one of eleven projects that we were looking at putting solar on. But unfortunately, in this case, the the building is it's around 40 years old and uh, has uh, rather unusual construction uh, in. Uh, having a concrete roof and that concrete roof has a waterproof membrane over it so it makes it a little bit difficult to fix um, you know things like solar panels to it so it It would cause the warranty to be voided, so uh, council resolved not to actually put the panels on the roof, but we did move forward with uh, new LED lighting for the whole building at a cost of around uh, $120,000, but interestingly, that has a payback period of only 3.4 years, so pretty good deal for the community, and there'll be some big savings into the future there.
1: Well, I was going to say, I guess that's future-proofing yourself with some savings there long term.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, that's $120,000 that can be put into other community infrastructure uh, indefinitely. So it's a pretty good deal.
0: And uh, speaking of other community infrastructure, one of the big things coming out of that meeting was the aquatic centre. And we're moving ahead and presenting a business case to uh, both tiers of government. Do you think with a state and federal election just around the corner, it is a good time to be um, putting a case forward for a substantial amount
2: of money? Jackets, um, this is a long-term project and, um, you know, we were hopeful to get this before um, both both governments for consideration. We've sort of, you know, the community consultations uh, has drifted a little bit and uh, we're, so we've sort of missed the boat with the state government. However, um, you know, it, it is a long-term project. We've still got a bit to go yet before we formally ask the, um, the state and the feds, but it's certainly... Um, we would expect that this might take, um, you know, take two or three years to to secure that funding. It is quite a lot of money, and. Uh you know, it's just been one of those projects that uh, I think it actually started around the early 1990s. So, uh, you know, we are getting a little closer and I'm, you know, I'm pleased that this council has been able to at least get us to the point where we've, you know, we've got some agreement and got some consensus and some general community consensus, although not exclusive on, uh, on moving forward with the project. So uh, it is a, a step in the right direction, but uh, still a little work to go yet. Fantastic, and also a really exciting
0: uh, time early April. Uh, A festival that's starting to hit its um, strides, go from strength to strength last year, it was fantastic, was the uh, Taste Tenworth Festival, a 10-day food festival, starting on the 5th of April and heading to the 14th. Now, we've seen the rise in things like Fiesta La Peel. Obviously, we have our country music mm. festival. Hats off to countries are going from strength to strength as well. Just
2: adding so many more strings to the Tenworth bow, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's a really important part of our regional economy, Jack. And, um, you know, I think these these festivals and major events, if you can start them off, it almost seems if you can start them off in a modest way and build them over time yeah. they they endure and mm. uh, they do last. You know, we see lots of, you know, really major festivals come and go but the taste certainly seems to be settling in uh, you know, started off as a little modest laneway event. Uh, yeah you know, and now has evolved and, and continues to evolve and very exciting with, a, you know, a lot of lot of support from around the um, the foodie part of the community.
0: It's mm. fantastic. And will we catch you in the park for Taste in the Park, which is um, one of the bigger events of the 10 days?
2: Look, unfortunately, uh, I'll be away on holiday, so I'm heading out around Birdsville Way, so, uh, you know, looking forward to get out there and see the back end of some of that big flooding in the Diamantina yeah. River, but uh, so unfortunately, I'll miss Taste this year. Year, but but, um, you know, it, it, it's almost guaranteed to be successful. I think the, uh, you know, all the contributors are so passionate. They put so much energy and effort into presenting all their uh, different types of foods and uh, it's just, just building into something very special for the city.
0: There you go. Make sure you look out
2: for the emus on that trip, hey? <laughs> yeah, sure will. Uh, hopefully there'll be lots of green grass around there, Jack. Yeah. It's a bit Ironic. I've got some friends out there and uh, been having a chat with them over the last couple of months, and uh, they haven't had any rain out there for months and months and months. But they've had a almost a record flood. So <laughs> uh, it's a bit ironic, isn't yeah. it? Uh, it's a bit different when you get out into the into Central Australia. And uh, but yeah, it's a place I love, and looking forward to getting out there.
1: Sensational, Cole. Thank you so much for having a chat with us. We'll see you in a, a fortnight's time. Look
2: forward to. it. So wake me up. This is JB and Jack for breakfast. On 92.9